Product recommendations can be one of the most powerful things you add to your store to increase sales. But sometimes your recommendations fall flat. On This Week at Commerce Tea, we're exploring how to sell more by utilizing the product recommendations that your customers truly want. We finish this episode by interviewing Jay Myers, co-founder of Bold Commerce, and do a deeper dive into one of the most popular Shopify app companies. Plus, we also get Jay's take on how to make a store's product recommendations really stand out. Let's sip the tea. Welcome to Commerce Tea, a podcast to help you succeed on Shopify. I'm Rian. And I'm Kelly. Grab a mug and join us as we talk about all things commerce. Hey, Kelly, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. How are you doing on this fine Tuesday? Uh, well, I love Tuesdays, don't you? Tuesdays are actually my least favorite day of the week. Why, why is that? Because I always feel super productive on Mondays because everyone else hates Mondays. <laughs> and I just want it to be different. But then by the time I get to Tuesday, I'm just like, oh, I just worked all day yesterday. And I have to do this four <laughs> more days this week. <laughs> So your hump day, so to speak, is Tuesday instead of Wednesday. Yeah. That's an early hump day in the week. It's a real early hump day, (laughs) which kind of goes to show how not productive I am on Fridays. (laughs) I I sort of love that shift of mentality, though. Um, I I can get behind that. Right now, especially as every day feels like the next day, it's it's a challenge for sure. Especially right now, yeah. Especially right now. Um, So... Kelly, today we're going to talk about product recommendations, which you know way more about than I do. And let's first, can you just define what a product recommendation is? Yeah, so a product recommendation is going to be a product that is complementary or an upgrade to a current product that a customer is viewing that would improve their purchasing experience or increase the average order value of the total order for the merchant side. Why would someone want to do that? Because you make more money first. Because love making everyone more money. loves making more money. Everybody, yeah. No one hears that and is like, mm, no, not that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Never mind. <laughs> no, I think one of the really important parts of product recommendations, especially when you have a lot of products on your store, is that it can become really daunting for your customers to sift through everything that you have to offer on that store and find what's actually going to make them happy with their purchase. So product recommendations allow you to really guide the customer to other products that they might be interested in based on the product they're viewing or based on what's already in their cart. What are the measurable outputs of this? First off, your average order value will increase if customers are adding related products to the cart. That's going to be the most immediate thing that you're going to see. Uh, Second, you can see your return customer rate actually increase because you can utilize product recommendations not only in their current order, but also recommend products and the post-purchase flow to get them back to your store. And in Real quick, real quick. When you say flow, what do you mean? So post-purchase flow, and what I mean is just sending them an email, sending them uh, SMS, like a text message or something to continue the conversation after they've already placed an order. Perfect. So if you are continuing the conversation, they go back to your store, buy one of those related products, you're increasing the lifetime value of that customer every single time they're buying something else from your store. 
so I think I've seen this many different ways on online stores. And I know there's a difference between a cross-sell and an upsell, but I feel like most of the time I'm seeing cross-sells. Is that just my imagination? Is that a real thing? And what's the difference? Yeah, so they're often actually used interchangeably, the terms are, but they are quite different. So you're, you're right, you're usually seeing cross-sells. Those are going to be like your you may also like or complete the set. You are recommending complementary products. For upsells, it's a little bit different. So in, in the case of an upsell, you're increasing the value of an existing item in the cart. So you are replacing an item that's already in the cart with something better. Some examples of this might be if you are a coffee company and you're selling a one pound bag of coffee, I add that bag of coffee to my cart and they're like, hey, we think you drink more coffee than this. Why don't you upgrade to the five pound bag instead? So, Which is va- a valid thing. I'm oh, like, totally. first of all, rude. Second of all, yes, you're right. <laughs> Send me five pounds of coffee immediately. It works because I am that person who says, yes, I do need five pounds of coffee. <laughs> yeah, you're like, good point. Another good example, and this one it kind of teeters that line between cross-sell and upsell would be adding a vase to a bouquet of flowers that you're buying. So you're already buying the flowers, but you now want something to put those flowers in, especially if you're buying it as a gift for somebody else. You don't just assume somebody has a vase. Otherwise, you're going to be like me and you're going to pull out a pint glass and put the flowers (laughs) in there. (laughs) That's so true. So one thing I've been thinking about is... Upsells to me sound a lot like subscriptions. Is that real? Is that in my head? It's an example of an upsell. Okay. So that's actually a really good example. And we'll dig into like a very, like a real life example of a a brand here in a moment. But another example of upsell would be to switch your one-time purchase to a subscription. So even if you're giving, let's say a 10% discount for them subscribing to a monthly subscription, it is an upsell because they're going to continue to purchase from you automatically because they're now subscribed to that product. Wait, and who doesn't like recurring revenue like that? Oh, totally. I hope everybody loves recurring revenue. <laughs> <laughs> That's this is my favorite thing, actually. Um, one, I, when we were talking about this, it actually just kind of popped something into my head. At, at my house, we have two athletes. I am not one of them. There are three people <laughs> in my house. Um, and we drink this product called Drip Drop ORS, which is like an oral rehydrating solution. And they're like, it feels like you have athletes in your house. Would you like an upgrade? And, and we totally do. We have a box of this stuff shipped to us once a month. And it was because they offered that upon checkout. I love that. See, that is the perfect example of upselling because now you're going to continue to be a happy customer. You don't need to think about it because it's now literally on autoplay. And the store is now making more money from you they've increased your your customer lifetime value and uh, it depends if the there was a discount on the subscription or not but there if there was you might have seen like a slight drop in the average order value but overall you're making more money so yeah win 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 absolutely Absolutely. so why don't we talk about and this is another brand that we really like in my house and that's primal kitchen which is a paleo gluten-free healthy option for sauces and oils and I don't know we use their dressing and their mayo and all sorts of things so 
they do this really well. They Can you do. talk a little bit about how they do this really well? Yeah, so Primal Kitchen does both cross-sells and upsells really well. So I currently have one of their products pulled up. It is the roasted garlic marinara sauce because I love spaghetti. And... <laughs> Spaghetti is very on brand for Kelly. I, yes, I talk about spaghetti way too much during my life. Also, side note, I decided to use Instacart today to order groceries from our local grocery store instead of going through Amazon Fresh. And I finally got my favorite pasta sauce, which wasn't available through Amazon. And I literally had like, I was tearing up when I saw that jar of Mids pasta sauce. And my husband was like, I'm happy for you, but you need to chill. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's the little things right now, though, right? Like, if pasta sauce brings you joy, eat all the pasta you want. Exactly. <laughs> and one of the things that, that brings my daughter joy is salads, which do not bring me joy at all. And she really likes um, the – let me make sure I get the name right. It is – the sesame ginger vinaigrette and marinade by Primal Kitchen. Oh, that I just sounds have to delicious. Say, oh, it okay. And considering I don't like salads, I actually love this dressing. Okay, so I'm going to pull up this product to be the example instead oh, of my perfect. marinara sauce. So sorry, all sorry right. about that. I just, I just no, we this just perfect the conversation. So okay, so I have the sesame ginger vinaigrette and marinade product up. Two things I'm noticing are if you scroll down to the like lower down the page there's a recommended section customers who bought this item also bought there are there's i see uh, ranch dressing i see mayo um i see two other dressings and like a barbecue sauce i added one more thing in there that i didn't need but there are only four items there i named five <laughs> uh, i'm still learning how to count i haven't eaten lunch yet and now i'm really hungry but i think okay i am always hungry i have eaten lunch but We'll move on from that one. Uh, um, no, but this is a really good example of a cross-sell because if I'm shopping for a salad dressing, I might be interested in trying a different kind of salad dressing. Or also this is used as a marinade as well. So maybe I want to get some barbecue sauce to you know, improve the, you know, switch things up because I'm always using the same barbecue sauce for everything. And it is Fox Brothers out of Atlanta. It's delicious. <laughs> So another thing on this page, back to the top, is the one-time purchase or subscribe and save 10%. So this is going to be your, just the subscription flow. This is not part of the, the upsell necessarily because you have not added it to the cart yet, but it shows that you can subscribe just, you know, from the product page. They also have build your own bundle and get free shipping. So if oh, you add nice. four salad dressings to your cart you will get free shipping. This is a really great example of an upsell because I am buying more things, but I'm replacing the shipping cost with free shipping now. I love that. So I'm going to add the item to my cart just as a one-time purchase. And now I see on the cart, which is one of my absolute favorite slides. Yeah, I was just like, this is so cool. This is so cool. I see those product recommendations again, but I also see a button that says upgrade to subscription and save 10%. I clicked that button and now I'm going to be subscribing to the sesame ginger vinaigrette and marinade. And they now have me on the hook to deliver every single month. And they've successfully just upsold this product to me. So Primal Kitchen is a really, really great example of how to do both product recommendations as a cross-sell 
and as an upsell. So we'll link to Primal Kitchen in the show notes so you can see the example for yourself. And the two of us could talk about product recommendations all day, but let's hear from an expert in the industry instead. We're excited to have Jay Myers, co-founder and Lord Business of Bold Commerce, to join us on why product recommendations are so powerful and how one of his apps, Bold Upsell, helps facilitate this process. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I'm going to make sure I play this for my six-year-old daughter and tell her that, yes, see, daddy actually is Lord Business. So she knows. <laughs> I completely missed the reference and I'm really glad that the two of you had a conversation about it because otherwise I would have been very lost. <laughs> Kelly, you need to watch the Lego movie immediately. Okay. So I'm just going to leave this now. Bye. <laughs> uh, it, it's actually pretty funny. It's good. Lord Business tries to make everyone follow the rules and build Lego like by the instructions. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so anyways, uh, good time. Okay. Watch I'm, I'm sold on watching it. <laughs> it. Yeah. That's all you need to know. It's good. It's good. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, you know, when it's time to decide on watching a movie tonight, I'm just going to be like, Daniel, it's going to be the Lego movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get awesome. to watch these awesome shows when you have kids. Yeah. We're just, we're not there yet. So I have to watch them all by myself. <laughs> I am the kid. <laughs> We can have viewing parties, Kelly. We can have viewing parties. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So just to kick things off, um, we'd love to just have you tell us about yourself and tell us about Bold Commerce as well. Because you have quite a history. Yeah. So Bold, well, we, um, well, I guess, okay. So myself, I, um, I've actually been, I launched my first e-commerce store in 1998. So that'll like date me. I turned 40 this year, (laughs) I was 18 years old, um, you know, I like, so I grew up in a family business. We, we actually sold archery supplies. I was a national archery competitor. And, um, so I started selling that stuff online in 98 using Microsoft front page. I built first website. We didn't even have a shopping cart, but I had a phone number. And I remember I was at the first, um, <clears throat> like at a house party and my phone rang. I had this big, like brick I carried on my hip and I <laughs> took an order and wrote it down on a napkin. It was super PCI <laughs> compliant. And, um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so then I like, <laughs> that, that was uh, when I got into e-commerce, but, um, obviously those were, it expanded and got more sophisticated since then. And, um, in 2010, um, moved one of the stores onto Shopify and, um, I, you know, saw, um, the app store and back at the time, like the app store was very much, um, integrations. Like it was, there was probably 40 apps in it and they were all, like integrate with UPS, integrate with QuickBooks, integrate with, and that was the way the app store was originally designed was just to connect stores with third party stuff. But me being a sophisticated e-commerce owner writing (laughs) credit cards on napkins, I thought this app store could make merchants more money. Um, So honestly, like it was originally to help myself. And um, the first app we wanted to build was a uh, product comparison app because we sold like outdoor stuff and so you know when you click on like a bunch of backpacks and you can compare the size and yeah. whatever um but we thought that was too hard and we thought well what's the easiest app we can build we're like well oh, simple little upsell app let's let's do that turns out like eight years later now we're still developing things on it now it uses like ai and machine learning and like upsell funnels and a lot more but yeah that was um and then the thing was like when we built it we 
Um, what we didn't know was we were really the first, and this was out of ignorance, not out of brilliance, but we we just <laughs> used the APIs in a way, we, we I guess you could say we hacked the APIs and we used the APIs on the front end of a store. And um, Shopify actually wasn't happy with the way we used their APIs when we did it because um, every time a large store would have a sale, like the Chive used it early on, that was one of their first like big stores on <laughs> Shopify all of Shopify would go down every single oh time. My God. <laughs> so there was no API throttling. There was no like API limits at all. Obviously all that's changed, but um, because we were using the APIs, like we would do calls on the front end. So a hundred thousand people would hit the store within minutes, take down all of Shopify. So um, yeah. That is so, some power. Yeah. Well, the Chive had a pretty good following and uh, yeah. They would use our apps and then so 100,000 page loads per minute and boom, it would take down everyone. So, um, yeah, so actually Shopify was like, apparently half the people were like, no, this can't happen. You can't use, you can't do like use the APIs on the front end and not built for that. But then merchants loved it. And so obviously long story short, and here we are now today, like tons of apps live on the front end of a store and, um, so Shopify implemented a lot of um, kind of ways that apps have to work. Uh, so you can't take down a store now if you we obviously have, um, we have clients that have Super Bowl commercials and they don't take down stores. So that's not an issue anymore. So yeah, we, so 2012, we launched Upsell. Um, today we have about 20-ish uh, public apps and probably like 100 private apps. And um, I didn't know that. Yeah, we have a ton of private apps. Okay. Um, so yeah, like we haven't actually launched like a lot of them. Um, they're, they're different. Like, so like they could be as simple as like another variation of an app. That's like really for a custom use case. Okay. Um, so it's like heavily modified, but it just lives as a private app. So it's not listed in the app store or anything like that. It's, um, and a lot of larger, like, I mean, we launched, um, staples last year and they're using about like eight private apps. Um, and then we have a lot of tools that plug into our apps that are actually an app and they're kind of like modules that, so that it's not something you install like our price rules, price rules engine, for example, is a, a good example of that. Like um, it's not something you can just install, but it handles price logic for a lot of our apps and it is a private app, but it works in a, in a different way. So yeah. So I don't know, like in a nutshell, we went from that to today we're, uh, 350 ish people and in two countries we're in canada and the u.s now and that's it that's, that's amazing that, that's so, I, just, <laughs> I just hired my fifth employee well i envy you in a lot of ways <laughs> that's, jay i have to say i i've known you now for i guess going on six years and i did not know your origin story until this moment well i so I'm Does really excited. I guess yeah. I, I'm I'm really excited about your origin story, and I think we could also maybe um, reference Legos once more in terms of the way it seems like your apps uh, work together and kind of mm -hmm. click on, yeah, <laughs> top of blocks. one another. And you don't have to <laughs> use instructions if you don't want to. Even uh, better. Yeah, uh, that really is. You know, it's funny you mentioned it. Like we we we've obviously gone through phases every company does and you learn who you are and early on so like our name when we started was uh there's four founders uh, i was like the e-commerce guy two developers and a designer and we kind of got together and we're like hey let's 
let's build some software. I was like, yeah, I'll get an app to use in my store. The other guys were like, yeah, I'll do something on the side. And it was literally just like an experiment. And um, so we named our, our company Bold Innovation Group because we thought we don't know how this is going to go. Like, but we can always build some other software. Like we had over the years, we've built um, Picticipate, which is a photo sharing software, which is basically exactly Google Photos and everything else. So we scrapped that. <laughs> Google Photos copied us. We launched community. We've been guilty of of doing this exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, when, when Google and Apple and everyone else launches the same thing you just built, you you scrap it. That's. Um, then we launched uh, Community Info, which was like Facebook but for communities. So instead of having friends, you join communities, and by default, everyone can talk to someone in a community. Then Facebook kind of launched groups, and that kind of like got rid of that. Um, we've had well, we actually even pitched a TV show to Ryan Seacrest, uh, apps a million, which was going to be this, like, imagine apprentice shark tank mixed together, you're, you're building apps. And then there's like a third, um, uh, a, an experience where a third device experience, we called it like where you're on your, on your iPad, watch it on TV and you can vote at the same time, like as devs are building apps and you like, so we actually flew to Hollywood, pitched it to Seacrest. And then when we were there, um, I'm, I'm blown away right now, Jay. We're just like, like a keep bunch of, going. I'm just like, so surprised. We just come up with ideas and we try. Well, then we eventually said, okay, no, we're a commerce company. So we changed our name. It's bold commerce. So we don't do that crazy stuff anymore. Um, but we, we had to, so this goes back to the Lego, blo- Lego building blocks <laughs> to, your, to your question. Um, yeah, like our strength and our is really, is really commerce. And we always like experimented with things, but, um, and we never wanted to be, people would sometimes call us like, you're the Swiss army knife of apps. And we're like, no, that's not what we want to be. We don't want to be a Swiss army knife. We want to build a suite of products that work really well together, that solve hard problems that, um, but the strength is this e- these e- ecosystem of apps. Um, we don't want to be like, and, and like, I don't even think we've released a new app in the app store in the last six months a year. Like it's not at one point, our goal was to release an app a month. And it was like, how many apps could we, that is an aggressive we, goal. Well, it was, yeah. Well, we pitched a movie to Ryan Seacrest, so we could release an app a month. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, so we've, uh, I think we actually got up to uh, at about 34 or 35 apps at one point in the app store. And we've removed, uh, about a dozen over the last year, um, to, to be more focused and, um, really to try to solve a few core problems and either apps fit into that or they, or they don't. Mm. Um, so yeah. So like product recommendation, you were mentioning like that, that was, that was one of the first one we built and it's still, uh, a core thing we care about. Um, so we've built out a lot of things around that. Like, I don't like, have either of you used bold brain? Is that a Kelly? Do you use that? No, I haven't had an opportunity to use it yet. Um, I'm well, that s- was, I, I like, I don't totally understand it, but see, that might be, I will bring that it sounds smart team. though, because it has brain in the title. <laughs> it, so does a, it, it does things. It is. That's probably the problem. That's probably the name. We need to rename it. Um, well, so the brain is like, it was an experiment. Uh, we do a hack days three times a year now where, you know, standard give employees a couple of days to do anything they want, Red Bull and pizza and pitch it at the end. And um, Bold Brain was something that one of our staff said like, hey, I think we can make our upsells smart so merchants can install it and they don't have to, um, you know, manually create upsell offers. 
So they built a basic machine learning AI, whatever you want to call it. It I'm not going to use those terms because then people will be like, oh, it's not actually AI and whatever. <laughs> it's it's I have unique. heard that about my app as well. Strange. Yeah. It's, not like, <laughs> it's not like if you install this app, it won't just keep getting smarter and then turn your computer into a robot and then like <laughs> blow up your house because <laughs> so you're safe. Technology. It's not true AI. Um, but it uses data to make your store smarter. And um, originally that was just simple with upsells, but it actually integrates with a lot of our, our products like um, bundles and subscriptions and loyalties and all, all kinds of apps. And it like how, so with obviously bundles is another form of recommendations um, subscriptions. It can be like, would, would people buy this product over and over again? Are other people buying it over again? What frequencies are they buying it? Um, so then suggesting subscriptions, um, with upsell, it actually creates the upsell offers. And oh, what's nice. really, what's really interesting is like, it's not your typical thing you would think people would buy more of is products in the same category. Like that's how we, as people pair things up, like, oh, you're buying the earrings. So you're going to buy the matching bracelet or you're going to buy whatever. Mm. But what we've learned is like the weirdest. Okay. So perfect example barbecue store installed it like a year ago and i remember seeing them have this upsell that was converting like 79% um and it was when you bought a barbecue spatula the brain figured like the it was recommending another spatula sounds stupid but that's like you wouldn't as a as a as a merchant merchandising your store you're going to like recommend uh the the scraper or the seasoning salt or something else cuz we always think right, we want right. to buy products that way but just using like the data of what other people were buying of what people, and it was, I, there's like a whole bunch of different algorithms that go into it. Um, it's upsell was another spatula and it converted at 79%. And that is wild. Yeah. And there's things like that, that we wouldn't think as humans, not human, as, as simple beings, not AI machines, <laughs> um, that, you know, we just try to pair things that go as a set and that's often a mistake a lot of merchants make. And they might have nothing to do with each other at all. Like just because you buy a spatula, um, the data might just show that that person also buys something not related to the barbecue, right? So um, the brain removes all of that. And man, uh, I have a ton of interesting data, but you guys didn't give me these questions a couple of days before. But- <laughs> <laughs> we sprung these questions on Jay um, about at the beginning of this podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some stats that are probably wrong, but I do have these written down. Um, but like the average store that uses the brain versus trying to create the we, nobody outperforms using machine learning. Um, so, but sometimes you just want to have a uh, an experience that's like if you're buying something, you want to manually create your own offer because it's something you want to sell with it, or it's a product you're trying to clear out, or um, you don't always want to just let the brain go crazy <laughs> and, 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 and turn your computer into a robot. Um, so there's a lot of people that use it, use it both ways, but yeah, it's uh, leveraging data. And, and this is going to be for sure uh, a big way that, um, stores sell more in the future is understanding how customers shop. And it's not just like, are they in the same um, category? Is it some people, same people bought, but like looking at color palettes, looking at um, if they're buying something that's a a white tone, 
Are they bringing in, are they taking that into consideration? Because that's not even in product metadata on a site, but right. you can scrape the site, you can scrape the images, you can analyze that and brain can look at these kind of things and then recommend things that are um, more likely to convert. So. So I have a clarifying question for you. Uh, is Brain working behind the scenes on Upsell or do they work together? Right now, it's two different apps. It works behind Got the it. scenes. Um, it's And it's free, by the way, like to use it with the Brain. It's or Sorry, use it with Upsell. Um, but you can also use the Brain 100% by itself. Um, and you can do very sophisticated product recommendations on the page. So it's like the widget, like you may also like, and you can stick them mm. different places. You can put them in the car, put them on the page, whatever. That's the thing. Like nobody knows that app does that. Uh, it's just built in and I don't know, we don't, we don't market it, but like most people use the brain. I bet you 90% of people who have the brain installed are using it with bundles, uh, with upsell or with subscriptions or with something else. Um, but you could just install the brain and just use it for product recommendations too. So I hate to say this, but it seems like using bold brain is pretty much a no brainer for subscription. <laughs> she can't help herself. She can't help herself. But there's a pun available. <laughs> it has, it has arrived and I just need to let it happen. Yes. You can't force a good pun. It just comes. Exactly. <laughs> so I want to kind of go into some more examples of a really smart upsell offer. So upsells or even just product recommendations in general, it could be a cross sell or it can be an upsell. So that barbecue store example was a really good one. Can you give us a few more examples from other stores? Yeah. Um, well, I'm trying to think of like specific examples, but I, I think if, like taking a step back, <clears throat> um, there's different types. So just to clarify, there's upsells and there's cross sells. And again, out of our ignorance, when we launched this app, we called it product upsell. It actually didn't do upsells. <laughs> what, it, what, it, what it did was cross sells. Um, but everyone calls them upsells. So uh, an upsell is if you're buying a one pound bag of coffee and then the offer is, would you like the two pound bag of coffee for $5 more? Or you're buying a TV or, and it's like, would you like this better TV? And then if you accept it, it removes the originally added item and replaces it with the new one. Um, a cross sell is it's like, would you also like this? And then it adds it to the cart and then you get to the cart and you have both items in the cart. Um, okay. our app now does both. Uh, so it actually is not like <laughs> false advertising. Um, and I don't actually think there's very many apps that do true upsells that actually replace. There's a couple out there, but most of them actually do cross sells where it adds, adds pro um, products to the cart. Um, upsells convert about 20 times better than a cross sell. So first and foremost, I think, and it, I mean, there's a lot of examples of this, but, um, what, what most merchants do is they go to cross sells by default. They always think the best way to increase the average uh, order volume is to add another product when 80% of the time it's actually to recommend a slightly better or slightly more expensive product. So if, you, if they're already buying something, people are more willing to buy, to spend a little bit more on something else or, or, and whatever that can be to make it better. It can be, uh, extended warranties or a little bit better service or a little bit, um, the premium version of it. So, I mean, I would encourage anyone who's, who has different levels of products that are, that you would consider like starter, basic, medium, premium or whatever, or packages that they move up with. That should be the first thing that you tackle because they actually convert 20 times better than cross sells. Wow. Cro 
cross sells, you're, you're convincing someone to add another product to the cart. Um, an upsell, you have one. When you get to the checkout, you still have one. You just have a slightly better version of one. And people convert way better on those. Uh, so sorry, that's not a specific example. It makes, but. No, but I mean, mm. that, that makes sense. And it's interesting that it's not really something we often think about doing. Yeah, it's, 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 I think, um, because every store we go into like brick and mortar stores, like it's like, it's a cross sell at the checkout. Right. But like we yeah. use the terminology, we call them last, last minute upsells, but it's really cross sell with your, you're in the line and there's a pack of gum or there's something else. Or like, would you like this? Um, so it's what we're conditioned to do. And it's not really easy to do in traditional shopping. Cause like if I'm walking up to the counter with a TV and I'm going to buy it at Best Buy. And then the person says, Oh, would you like this other one for $50 more? Plug the TV to the back. Like, but in e-commerce, it's a piece of cake to do that. Right. But we don't, we don't do that for some reason when we should, because, um, the web makes that super easy to do. You don't have to carry the item back or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something and not every store lends itself to that. You have to have products that kind of have natural ones that, that do better. But, um, that's one thing I would say for sure. Um, the other thing, like, again, this isn't, these aren't specific examples, but, um, but then as far as like cross sales go, um, the ones that we see convert the best are when they're, when the product they're adding is around 10 to 15% the cost of the original one. Um, there are outliers to this. We have a store that <clears throat> actually just noticed last week that's converting. It's like, it's crazy. It's like 60%. Um, and their product that they're upselling is like three times as expensive, sorry, cross-selling as the original item. That's super rare. It's never the case. But like, if you're buying something for a hundred dollars, you want the product that you ask them to add to be around $15. Um, and it's just a mistake. A lot of stores make is they, they get overzealous and they try to recommend really expensive things, but like to spend another 10 or 15% is not a major decision. Um, that and um, give three ranges. Give because um, people self-identify as I'm a bargain person. I'm a I'm a I'll always go with the middle, or I'm a premium guy, and I just will always buy the best. So if you're gonna recommend if like it's a barbecue store, if you were recommending like uh, grill spray cleaner or something, um, have the basic, have the mid, and have the expensive. Um, and three is the three is the key. Uh, people think that, oh man, like I, I actually want to just like remove this feature from the app, but you can add as many products as you want. And it's like, I don't know, like if I was buying something and then a upsell comes up and says, here's 20 other items you might like, I'd be like, oh my God, <laughs> right. like, no. It's like, too many, too many. Yeah, yeah. But merchants insist that they have that feature. So you can do it, but we don't recommend it. So how many do you recommend? Um, one or three seems to be really good. Okay. I usually, yeah, I usually do one. Like one is um, because there's a, there's a, a, a concept it's called the paradox of choice. And um, you, Kelly, you know it, I guess. I, I, yeah. I have a psychology background. Yeah. So there, and there's, <laughs> there's all these studies with like, um, there's this store in New York. They did this test. They like, I think it's mustard. They have like, Four, have you read this post? It, they did. There was a TED talk on it, and there was like, this store has like five hundred types of mustard. It's like I don't know. It's a really unique store, and you can get every type of mustard in the world. And um, the problem was, so they did this test where, at the 
entrance of the store, they had a table and it was like specials and they would put 20 types of mustard on it and then have like, I can't remember if it was 20 or 15 or some was a high number. Um, and then have the prices, they would all be a certain amount off. And then they did the same one where they had three and they were like a, a, a cheap mid and premium version of the mustard. And the conversion rate of people buying the mustard when they walked in was like triple for the table with three versus the table of 20. So there's a lot to be said for guiding your customers into a decision. And we customers don't actually want the amount of decision that we think they do. They want to be curated to. Um, exactly. Yeah. And then because you just once you, that. once you pass into the the paradox of choice, then you're into analysis paralysis where I'm like, I have too many options. It's like when you go to a restaurant mm-hmm. and their menu is like eight pages long and you're like, like cheesecake I don't factory. Wanna... Yes. Like cheesecake <laughs> yeah. factory. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't want to sit there and make that decision. Like give me like a one pager and then yeah. let me choose from like 10 things and I'm done. And you'll always find something you like, even on like when you go to a fancy restaurant, there's like four options and that's it. And yeah, but dang that cheesecake factory. <laughs> I read books shorter than their menu. Yeah, that's a beefy <laughs> menu. But that's how I feel with Netflix, right? You're yeah. like, okay, everybody, let's pick a movie. And um, my family of three takes like an hour or two to pick the movie. And we could have already yeah. watched it because we have that decision paralysis where there's yeah. just too many options. Yeah. We just want it laid out for us. So I think that's a really great takeaway for our, the merchants sure. listening uh, today because I think we want, we always want to give more options, right? We want to provide our customers more choice, but ultimately if it doesn't work and it doesn't convert, give them one to three options or one or three options. Yeah. And you can do it. So we have a feature called funnels and what that does is it um, does down sells or upsells. So basically like if you want to have one product, which I think is a really good way to go um, based off if they say yes or no it can show them another product. So let's say you offer them a, I don't know, a mid range product, whatever flipper, barbecue flipper. Um, and then, and then if they say no, then you can say, okay, how about this one? And it can be a cheaper one. Or if they say, yes, you've got a person there who's buying. They're clearly a, not a sucker, but they're like, they're buying. So like, why not offer them something else? And so then if they say yes, great. How about this steak spice too. Yes. Great. How about this too? Um, cause if they buy one, they're very likely to buy another one, another one. They're like, they're bought in on you. They're bought in mm. on your product, your brand. Um, I mean, and then like we, it just goes on from there. Like, um, if they're going to buy there, um, you might want to offer them something on the cart. You might want to offer them something on the thank you page. Like you got to do it in a tactful way. And it's like with any thing, like some merchants will get out of control and they'll put a offer on every product and that isn't good either because then you're getting in the way of the buying process and like it's not it's it's not ideal but if you do it tastefully um not on every single product like you can create a way that you will increase your average order value uh man we have some stores like 30 40 percent like just wow like within a week like um and like when i read through the reviews on the app like there's nothing more satisfying like people say like this app paid for itself in the first five minutes or this app paid for itself. Cause it's like, yeah, it's like if you create an upsell, people want to buy from you. You just have to give them the option to do it. And I don't know, maybe a lot of merchants maybe feel like there's nothing they have to upsell, but, and you'd be surprised too. Like we, 
um, it's used in so many unique ways. Like people use it for um, taking donations or taking like upselling extended warranty plans or service plans, or um, it doesn't have to be products. It isn't, and a lot of times people think like, well, I don't really have products that like go well together. Um, so it doesn't have to be product-based. It can be just some type of add-on. That's fascinating. And Jay, you know what? I think we could talk all day and I can't wait for you to come back on again and talk with us more about everything because you've been in the ecosystem for so long. You have so much value to add. And if people would listen to our podcast for five hours, I would want to keep, you know, grab some more tea. Jay right now has the cutest tea cup, by the way, way cuter than mine. Mine's just a a coffee mug. It's from my Baba. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Jay, thank you so much for coming. And we're right now, we're ending every episode by calling out a Shopify store that's caught our attention, whether it's a good user experience or a cool product. And we'd love your take. What's your favorite Shopify store right now? Well, until today, man, honestly, there's so many and every day we, <laughs> we have a list, but I saw a really awesome one today. Can I name two? That I like? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the one I, I saw today is, uh, uh, actually I saw it posted in, uh, Kurt Elster's Facebook group, um, pit, pit Viper sunglasses. And so I think it's yeah, pit, pit Viper sunglasses.com. Um, this is just an example of, there's a, there's another store I saw the other day that does something too. It's like, I think it's called liquid death. They use liquid our death. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wait, we, we were getting that when we were still in office. Oh yeah. Okay. It's, it's like the water. <laughs> yeah. It's, canned yeah. water. They use our subscriptions app and I was scrolling through stores the other day and like their branding is just really on point. And then last week they, um, well, maybe a couple weeks ago, they, they took all the negative Facebook comments that people have written on their, like, <laughs> uh, so like someone like wrote like fire your marketing guy, this sucks, <laughs> this is this. like on their social media, and they took all of those comments and they turned it into a death metal album. <laughs> And that's amazing. It's you can down and it's actually really good. Like if you like death metal, Google um <laughs> liquid death. Uh, I think it's called hate. Oh man, hate metal, liquid death. I'll, yeah. <laughs> it's, it is, it's hilarious. Well, so we'll also like, include a link to it in our show notes. Okay, perfect. Because like I just enjoy stores that um have a brand or a persona and they just really stick with it. Like it's very easy for a store to just be surface level with that. And anyways, these two, these two stores, yeah, liquiddeath.com. Um, they do that through and through, through their email marketing, through everything. Um, another one that I, the other one that I wanted to mention was, uh, Kenko. And I think it's just K E N K E N C K O. Yeah. K E N C K O.com. I usually, Oh, I, I, okay. I usually have one at my desk. Um, <laughs> It's like uh, it's fruit that they've turned into a powder. I have one every single day and a, it's a really good product, but their site, uh, this not like the only, sorry, I don't mean to like self promote, but I happen to like see people that use bold products, but naturally. Um, so they are a subscriptions customer and they have done, they have the best flow I've ever seen of like sign up and then the email communication. Like, like they put all the, like when the email goes out, it's like you have the option to like snooze it in the email or like um, change like in my uh, admin where I manage, I can like 
change the day. And anyways, I won't go down the rabbit trail because I don't want to sound like I'm like talking about features of the app, but like it's they've everything has features like Shopify has features. It's how you use it as a merchant and it's not um, and they've just done a really good job with it. So I would actually encourage anyone to check out that site and like go through a sign up process and see how they do it. It's they do a really good job with it. So those are my awesome. Two. Cool. Yeah, we'll definitely include links to both of those. Rian, what is your shout out? My shout out is to Joe Lynn. It is a swimwear company that's really disrupting the competitive swimwear market. So they're up against Speedo and TYR and these arena and these huge brands. And they, um, I, I do have to say, I know about it from my daughter who is an elite water polo player. And so she's a super fan. And initially they were doing pop-ups at every single event we ever went to. And now their online presence and their uh, email marketing presence is awesome. And then they feature different athletes every few weeks. And it's, it's athletes from different sports. It's water polo, it's swim, it's beach volleyball, it's runners, it's triathletes. It's also sorts of different women with different body types. And I love it. It's so it's amazing. Their, their store is beautiful. Their marketing campaign is amazing. And they have really shook the market up and I can, I can appreciate that. Awesome. So mine is a little different this month or this week, which are this weekly, not monthly. Um, so there is a guy named Matt Nelson who works for Shopify and his daughter decided to start her own Shopify store. And it was just like, I have this idea and now I want to turn it into uh, she said, I, I'm going to start a Shopify store and sell fashion. And so <laughs> this past Sunday, she launched her first product. So the store is called L-O-E-L-L-O-W. And they're the most adorable socks that she just wrote girl power on them. And like they're colorful and it's it's super cute. So they sold out in like 90 seconds. She made six pairs of socks. And <laughs> they're very limited. Like, they're they're in high demand. Neither they're harder to get the Supreme. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So I don't know. Like I just I love this because it's it's easy enough for a nine year old to start her own Shopify store and like immediately start selling products. I think it's 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 adorable. It's super cute. And even if the socks would never in a million years fit me, um, I would still totally support a store like this. And Eloise, if you're listening, we would really like to get two pairs of socks for the co-hosts of Commerce Tea, please. (laughs) Please, please, Especially please. If, they, if you want to design them to say like commerce tea or something like that. Oh, that, that would be epic. Yeah, absolutely. We're on board. We will we will buy them. <laughs> it's, like awesome. the new, it's like the new lemonade stand. Like hundred percent. It like, is the new lemonade stand. Yeah. Cause like yes, I, my so six year old daughter, like I'm gonna teach her how to like spin up a store and then I'll just email all my family relatives and like people will buy from her and like I have to sit out on the street selling lemonade. <laughs> Keep stocking this store to go to college. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a lot of things to look forward to. Well, Jay, thank you again so much for joining us on one of our very first episodes that are very, very early into our podcast. And uh, we're we're really excited to have you on board and to talk about all things Bold. I'm obviously a very huge fan of Bold and all the apps that you're putting out. So excited to finally dig into Bold Brain as well. Well, thank you so much for having me on you guys. This is awesome. And think, I think what you're, well, you're two of the, um, just like more amazing and present people in the space and just thought leaders. And so like the two of you doing this podcast together, I think it's going to be awesome. So thank you on honor to be on. 
Thank you Thank so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks again to our sponsors for supporting this episode. You can subscribe to Commerce Tea on your favorite podcasting service. We post new episodes every Tuesday, so grab your mug and join us. See you next week. Clocked In is a time clock for Shopify. With Clocked In, your team members can easily clock in and out of their shifts from anywhere. You can manage your team's hours as they work remotely with an intuitive interface that can be used from desktop, tablet, or mobile. Check it out at clockedin.io or in the Shopify App Store.